0: Destination Medicine is a collaborative initiative of regional training hubs. With first-hand lessons learned from those who have gone before, this podcast is designed to assist and inspire anyone interested in pursuing a medical career in rural and regional Australia.
1: Welcome to Destination Medicine. I'm Nicole Goodman. Aero medical retrieval specialist, GP anaesthetist and filmmaker, Dr Tim Duncan is living proof that a medical career can bring so much more than treating patients. Tim's medical work takes him to the far reaches of the country, but if he isn't working with the Royal Flying Doctor Service in far north Queensland, he's checking on the success of his film Aboriginal Heart, following its showing at film festivals here and around the world. Or he's saving money for his next film or he's fact-checking for the ABC documentary series, Ask the Doctor. Tim's determination not to be confined by medicine has led him to a path of lifelong learning, with a long way to go yet, in both medicine and film. And as he moves from one career path to the other and back again, there's a story he'll share with us, which, for Tim, was both life-affirming and life-changing. It concerns an Aboriginal man, Manuel. And we'll hear more about that shortly. First, why was medicine his first choice? And why in the country?
0: It was thrust upon me, I guess. I was a a son of a nurse and a country GP in Cali country, northeast Victoria. And so from a very early age, I saw what effect. More so, my dad, who was the GP, uh, had on the community. Mum took a few years off and did various other things aside from nursing while she was in Uroa. But I'd often go around with Dad on ward rounds, and you know, hang around at the surgery, trying to get some jelly beans out of the jar that were reserved for kids when they behaved in a consult. And I could see that people really rely on their on their doctor, and um, particularly in a country town where you're a big part of the fabric. And so it sort of stuck in the back of my mind without me consciously being aware that this was the journey that I was going to take. I guess I just, it was the natural fit. I knew what it took and it is a challenging career and I think worthwhile.
2: Well, where did you undertake your internship and uh, and why did you choose that
0: location? The Alfred Hospital is where I did my internship. I trained at Monash Uni, the People's University, and I had a bit of exposure to rural hospitals through that training. But by the end of my Monash years, six years, I was living in Melbourne. And it's sort of good to get a foundation in one of those city tertiary hospitals in in fundamental medicine But it was obvious from an early stage that my interest wasn't in super specialty medicine or surgery. I was interested in everything. I was interested in being a generalist, and uh, (laughs) there's no such specialty as a generalist in a city hospital. So after I got that foundation behind me, um, I was really looking elsewhere.
2: So when did you graduate?
0: I graduated from Monash University in 2005.
2: And how long after that did you carry on working before, I understand, you started to feel a bit disconnected from your your work as a doctor. Is that correct, shortly yeah, after that?
0: definitely. It was perhaps because of what we've just been discussing with uh, working in a city hospital when I was a, a country soul and I was also harbouring ambitions to be more creative and medicine didn't really allow the scope for that and I'd made a film during uh, fourth year medicine and then fifth year medicine I made another film when I was up in uh, Canberra at a leadership development seminar and sort of crashed a cocktail party in Parliament House and so I had a couple of films behind me and was sort of interested in this and then suddenly I, I read The Alchemist and I was like oh you've got to follow your heart in this life. And after two years of working as a doctor, I thought, no, nah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to give it a shot. And uh, I applied and got into the Victorian College of the Arts uh, filmmaking. I didn't know what the future held, but I did have ambitions to be another Hollywood great or a directing auteur. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that was a pipe dream in a lot of ways because it's, it's really hard to make a, make a living as a, a filmmaker. It's not just, you know, sitting around drinking coffees and being really amazing and creative all the time, but (laughs) I felt liberated that year.
2: But after studying at the VCA, you decided to return to medicine. So what happened? Why did you do that?
0: Well, I ran out of money. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I had a big, uh, big hex (laughs) debt Um, No, I I initially planned... I, I still had an interest in medicine and I had the skill. I hadn't forgotten everything... So I wanted to get back on the horse, but I thought, I'll just do one more job, one locum, and I want it to be an adventure. You know, I've always liked an adventure, and so I looked on a map, and oh yeah, there's a job in Catherine in the Northern Territory, so there was a six-week job, I think, and uh, so I flew up there to do my one last job in medicine before, you know, getting rid of money behind me, make a film, and um, together with my then-girlfriend, who was an actress, we, you know, had plans in this area.
2: And that took you to Catherine Hospital mm-hmm. and to an Aboriginal man called Manuel. So tell us about Manuel.
0: Manuel was a patient who came in uh, maybe a couple of weeks after I'd been in Catherine, who, like me, was featured on Australian Story for this. Uh, he had chest pain, abdominal pain after vomiting a few times. And initially, the, there was a reluctance to sort of let him in. Oh, just intoxicated. And... Uh, I was sort of objected to this and, and saw he was really, truly unwell and needed our help. And once I put a chest drain in him, all this vomit came out. And I thought, oh, should I put a chest drain in his uh, guts? But uh, no, he'd uh, ruptured his esophagus and was um, vomiting into his chest uh, with Boerhaave syndrome and needed urgent care. And it was impossible to land a plane at night in Catherine, a retrieval plane, which is what he needed. And it was night um, by this stage because wallabies were on the airstrip and it wasn't serviced for night flying and they couldn't get a, a helicopter because it was a judge by Darwin not to be life and death. And so he stayed the night and survived and went the next day, um, finally got the urgent surgery needed in Darwin Hospital and recovered after multiple surgeries and three weeks in intensive care in a coma. And he ended up on the general surgical ward. And about three weeks later, I'd finished up and I'd been driving back through Kakadu with my then-girlfriend and we had this car accident.
2: That's right. Well, tell us about the car accident.
0: So I was trying to tune the cricket in on the radio on the West Arnhem Highway, driving along at 130 kilometres an hour, as is the limit. And Hannah sort of alerted me to the fact that there was something on the road. So instinctively, I swerved and lost control of the car as we fishtailed all over the road as I tried to regain control, but I couldn't. And we rolled it six times. I was knocked out and left with multiple injuries, life-threatening injuries. And Hannah then got herself to the road to try and hail down some help. A couple of cars just went past her, and it wasn't but for the three Aboriginal men that did stop and uh, then lend assistance, help revive me and organise a, a retrieval plane for me to get to Darwin that I survived. Uh, blood transfusion, chest strain myself, and I ended up after a time in ICU uh, on the general surgical ward in Darwin Hospital next to Manuel. Incredible coincidence. Um, and, yeah, there was something written in the stars, I think.
2: And that uh, accident that you had, that was quite life-transforming for you?
0: Oh, very much, I mean, Uh, you thought
2: you were going to die, did you?
0: I did. I did. I was sure of it. However, I was proved wrong, fortunately. And I was proved wrong only because of the generosity and help of those three men and also the amazing medical service that we're able to provide in really remote locations across Australia. And because of that, I thought, well, I do medicine and I could be part of this and help people in the same way myself.
2: So you've now developed a a passion really for helping people in remote communities, would you say that?
0: Yeah, definitely, and particularly those that are inaccessible by road or or other means, and the flying doctors who I work for now are just that. Uh, We fly all over the country and and provide both GP services, uh, primary care and emergency uh, medical retrievals. So that's a bit of excitement and a bit of interest and uh, and rural communities. It was everything I wanted and I didn't quite realise it until I nearly died. There's also anaesthetics, which I I did training for as well, which is a good skill to have in terms of being able to provide that critical care to patients in these uh, emergency settings. So I do some anaesthetics as well and... Yeah, I'd I'd probably need a uh, a PA or or something if anyone's out there looking for a bit of work on the side to help with time management because it is hard, but uh, I still have plenty of time for recreation as well. and. I just strive for a balance.
2: Well, tell us about your film work as well, because you've done quite a lot of film work now, including Aboriginal Heart that won awards and has been around international scenes as well as in Australia. Tell us about that.
0: Well, perhaps... uh because they're short films so far, this is why I've been able to devote the time, sometimes you know, years to develop a, a feature, and, and that is the goal one day, but uh, I'll need to improve my time management by then. But Aboriginal Heart was a film born out of my own experience working as an emergency doctor in a remote Indigenous community in the Northern Territory. When I was truly a fish out of water and got seduced into buying all this artwork off the local Indigenous ladies who were extremely talented and savvy, savvy enough to identify a gullible doctor when they saw one. But I just couldn't resist buying all this artwork. And in the end, the story was just too good. And it was a great cultural clash and, uh, you know, coming together. So it it was a true story of my own experience there. And yeah, we turned it into a film. And, yeah, travelled the world from Venice to London, all across Australia as well. And, uh, yeah, it did pretty well.
2: And, look, you're well-placed to combine your expertise in medicine and film as co-medical advisor and fact-checker for Ask the Doctor, the ABC documentary series as well. That must be fun.
0: Yeah, that's, that's a good application of the skills, I suppose. Um, Ask the Doctor is an entertainment and medical science documentary show on the ABC. And yeah, being able to get involved in storytelling and medical communication is really interesting as well. And I think I come up soon as a presenter on uh, a heart episode.
2: You mentioned uh, working as an anaesthetist. And in 2013, I understand you decided to pursue a fellowship with the Australian College of Rural and Remote Medicine. Why did you make that decision? because of your commitment to working in remote communities?
0: Yeah, well, when I'd started, the College of uh, Rural and Remote Medicine didn't exist that I knew of, so I only heard about it through whispers as I was searching for a a role for myself, a way to apply myself in a rural context, but, you know, having some specialised skill. And I did the GP anaesthetics program rather than the fellowship of uh, the anaesthetics college, which is, I think, better because it gives you the chance to sort of work in the rural communities doing anaesthetics, but also a bit of general practice and emergency. And, yeah, the ACRAM gave me the opportunity to combine all these interests and, and apply them in the in the country.
2: Many people would think of Outback Australia as actually being very challenging to live and work in, you don't agree? You, you see that point of view?
0: I think that is uh, definitely true. The challenge is part of the enjoyment, though. It's part of why it's worthwhile. It's part of why you embark on it in the first place. It's part of why I get great satisfaction out of being there. You have to be more resourceful. You've got to be really well connected and think things through. And use what the, the tools you've got at your disposal and um, make the most of relationships you have with people in the community and resources you have. I think it's definitely a challenge to go bush, but I think that comes with a lot of rewards. Do
2: you have any messages for junior trainees who may be thinking that uh, working out in the regional Australia or rural Australia or even a way out remote area such as you've done, Would you have any messages for them?
0: Well, yeah, uh, <laughs> the medicine's better, and the people are better. <laughs> it's just I, I love I love communities. You don't get that sense of community in the city. You just don't. And being a medical practitioner in these communities just is an added bonus to, you know, you're really integral, you're really part of it. And I really implore people to give it a go because you'll get much more satisfying work, I think, and uh, in that, a uh, much more satisfying life.
2: Well, look, Tim, you've chosen many uh, different paths in your career thus far and you've still got, obviously got a long way to go. Would you have done anything differently, do you think, looking back in retrospect? <sighs>
0: I don't think I would. Um, Even that fateful reaching for the radio dial that caused the accident has led me down this path that I'm grateful for. And you can't have regrets. It just doesn't serve any positive purpose. So no, I I wouldn't have done anything differently. Um, I've definitely made mistakes, but I just tried to learn from them.
2: And in five, 10 years time, where do you think you'll be?
0: Oh, that's a truly impossible question. I I really don't know and I like it that way because uh, if I knew exactly where I'd be, you know, what's the point? There are a few goals I have but I don't want to put the moz on things by uh, putting them out there. Uh, I'd like to achieve some things in filmmaking, that's for certain. And continuing the work in uh, the flying doctors and remote health, that's important to me. But also finding those three Aboriginal men who saved my life by the side of the road in, in Kakadu is something I'd, uh, I'd love to do.
2: You've never found them?
0: No. No, I've, I've put the message out there. But, uh, yeah, some people, I don't know, just don't want to be found, don't want to be known of as heroes. But uh, I really want to thank those guys.
1: Aeromedical Retrieval Specialist. GP anaesthetist and filmmaker Tim Duncan. This is Destination Medicine. Thanks for listening. Regional training hubs
0: are supported by funding from the Australian Government under the Rural Health Multidisciplinary Training Programme.